0: Welcome to Money and Me. It is the show where we hear from real investors. He is the smartest investor in the room, no doubt. Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital, joining me live. The U.S. markets got slammed again for a third day in a row. NASDAQ off 10% from an all-time high it reached last week. The first three-day losing streak since June for the S&P 500, and the Dow was down more than 600 points. Singapore shares were down this morning in trade following the U.S. route as well. Terence, do you think there is more pain ahead.
1: Hey, Michelle. It it was really a scary session last night. Well, I come on your show every month, right? And for the past few months, I've been saying that the market's expensive, it's expensive. Uh, And I think that there is a very clear disconnect between the markets and the economy, uh, which is one of the worst pains in history. And for the past few months, you know, I felt like the boy who cried wolf Mm. because the the markets continue to surge uh, to new highs. Well, the the Day of Reckoning came. I I guess the Day of Reckoning came last week uh, and the stocks uh, went on a tailspin. So for last session, like you said, it's down over 10%. And I I believe that there is a limit to how much uh, steroids the market can take, uh, especially on the technology front. Uh, I started my career just before the dot-com boom and subsequent massive bust. The the stocks today are much stronger fundamentally. Admittedly, they, they are... Significantly stronger. We, we don't we don't look at, I mean, I mean the stocks, uh, a lot of these companies are making very, very good money. Uh, but what I found eerily similar uh, to the dot-com bus days was this uh, disrespect for valuations. Um, they have been totally thrown out the window. Some of these companies are trading well over 100, 200, 300 times PE. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned that uh, previously in the, the last few months. And there are, there are many others. Uh, which are still bleeding with no peace to speak about, you know, that loss making, uh, but yet uh, tracking new highs. So uh, if you ask me, this correction is healthy. Uh, but because of the Fed's commitment to build liquidity, uh, it will end up, uh, I believe, less painful than it should otherwise
0: be. All right. I want to pick up on that point, Terence. As you say, you have been mentioning that this is very expensive a market uh, to be in. Is this a healthy pullback or the start of a major correction?
1: Well, like, like I said, uh, I I think that uh, this is a healthy correction. Uh, it should right down because if you look at the Nasdaq, right, since the lows it hit in uh, on twenty third of March, uh, that has been you know go, going up uh, by over sixty percent. Um, many of these stocks. Well, so the, the tech guys will benefit. Mm. That's true, but to actually like uh, see their stock prices uh, double. And treble in some cases, um, you, your your earnings need to actually be very, very supportive of that. But uh, unfortunately, the, these earnings may go up by, say, 50%, 60 70%. Uh, it will not catch up with how fast the stock prices have, have gone. So um, I, I feel that there is going to be a uh, healthy correction, um, but not a massive one, like I mentioned, because of the liquidity uh, that's mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm.
0: Do you think it's prudent to take something off the table? Are you planning for a market rebound soon, or looking at a rotation away from tech stocks?
1: Um, I, I I feel that it is probably prudent to uh, uh, stay uh, with a little bit more cash currently, mm. uh, rather than to try for rotational plays because uh, this could be one of those times where you know the the tides uh, the tides come off and you know it's really all the whether you're a big cruise liner, a small ship, a sampan, everybody will come down. So a rotational place, probably not for now, but possibly sometime in the the you know next couple of months.
0: Mm. Allianz economic advisor El-Arian saying the way that many are positioned in the US markets as a danger of the sell-off feeding off itself before a rebound. Your thoughts?
1: Well, it's it's similar to how the markets have uh, continued to rise, right? Uh, You know, they've been lapping it up. So uh, Mm. I am not surprised that this is going to happen because this was uh, possibly my thesis about two to three months ago. Mm. I, I, I was way too early.
0: Wow. Wow, we should go listen to those uh, shows from two or three months ago. So AstraZeneca stumbling with the vaccine, announcing a routine pause in in a late-stage vaccine trial. Does that change at all your scenarios for uh, economies coming back?
1: This this is um, one of the things that I was worried about because the the markets have been fueled so much. And and this is before before this pullback a couple of days ago, right? Mm. Um, I, I thought that, you know, uh, contrary to uh, market uh, predictions, the vaccine will actually, if, if there's any kind of su- successful vaccine, that would uh, hurt the market because uh, what's going to happen is that once there's a successful vaccine, uh, a lot of people would be thinking, ah, times uh, there's going to be inflection point, And that is when the, the Fed will start to pull back on the, the funds. Um, and that will eventually affect the market. So if if the the funds are being pulled back and this the liquidity is whatever that was like fueling the market rally, uh, that uh, will be a pullback. So it is really uh, good news being bad for the market, uh, similar to what we experienced over the last few months, because it was very, very bad news, right? Mm. Everybody was just so worried mm. and because of this worry, the Fed is there to backstop it and say that, "Don't worry, money is going to be out there." Mm. And that is why uh, bad news became good. But when a vaccine is found, uh, that I think will actually like, result in people worrying about the real things. Because when, the, when, when liquidity is not there, when the, the money is not there to, to support the market, it is back to the fundamentals of the economy. And we can see how bad uh, it is.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if you're looking at oil prices and you know noting concern there, oil prices tumbling on faltering demand, all settling at its lowest since June. Rent prices below forty U.S. dollars
1: yeah, uh, well, again, I think oil prices uh, will continue to fluctuate um, uh, between what we hope will happen, which is the return of some real demand, uh, versus what is actually happening. Because uh, uh, and and uh, the demand, I think, sort of like people are not very, very sure what's going to happen because we hear of good things happening in China. People are starting to fly again. Mm. A lot of them are driving again, right? And look at the economy. It's not as bad as what one would expect. But then on the other end of the scale, we can see resurgence, uh, the second wave in in the in the U.S. in Europe. So uh, there are worries out there. So it, it is going to be a fine balance, and I, I think that uh, economists, uh, investors, they'll start to read the fine print and they'll try to uh, make uh, make the best guess. Right now, I think everything is just a guesstimate. So you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of fluctuation, a lot of prices.
0: Well, speaking of educated guesstimates, you know, you mentioned that you, you started your career before the dot com crash, pretty much lived through it. Um, they say history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. So you say you don't see a similar dot com crash in tech today. Are there any other eerie parallels, as you put it? Well, I think
1: the clearest thing to me will be the valuations. Um, we, we have, spoken. But the, the good thing is, right hmm. now, valuations, at least, you know, we're talking about 100, 200, 300 times PE, right? There's still the E to speak of for most of these very good uh, tech companies. Right. But back then, uh, there's really no earnings at all. Many of them, you know how we value it? Uh, no. It's not by PE, it's by things like price to eyeballs, price to page views. Gosh. So so what, what people do is that, you know, you want to bump up your bump up your valuations back then, mm-hmm. you just get a team, an army of people to start clicking into your website. So that will propel your, the valuations of, of of the stocks. So so it's wow. ludicrous. It's quite ridiculous. But uh, right now, uh, thankfully, like I said, uh, many of these guys, uh, they are already making money. The balance sheets are actually uh, fairly strong. But uh, to trade at these lofty valuations, I would really, really think twice. thrice, mm. Or mm. many, many times.
0: I remember reading an analyst saying, you know, Tesla is not just a, a scary stock; it's a dangerous stock to look at. So Tesla suffering its worst route in history, down almost thirty four percent in September. Do you have an opinion on Tesla?
1: I, I think Tesla fell twenty percent, fifth uh, just last night, or was it the night before? I um, and I'm I'm not surprised. Again, one of these guys. It is one of these guys that I was talking about. That is loss making. Uh, there's a lot of hope and hype. Obviously, the technology is amazing, right? Uh, but uh, to to be trading at such lofty valuations, uh, there's no valuations, right? To, to be trading at this kind of market valuations, mm. uh, I, I felt was uh, a little bit ridiculous. So, uh, but you know, people continue to lap it up. Uh, when it was $500 before the split, people said, uh, well, it's very, bad. Very expensive, but it went to a thousand. Then it went to two thousand. So, um, and and I find that you know when you want to bank on hope and hype, you got to continue to pray that you know liquidity will still be there. And if you wake up the next morning, there will still be faith that the stock will be okay. Because once it unravels, once it goes on a the tailspin, mm. there's really nothing to support it.
0: Mm. Yes. Wow!
1: It, it's not like say uh, an apple on Amazon that you, you can see that other than the uh, strong uh, business uh, right, other than strong business, uh, there is earnings there to support valuation.
0: Wow, this is the first time I've heard a price the eyeballs' earnings. Really interesting. And you're right, Tesla was down 21% uh, percent from last night at $330.21 on Nasdaq at its close. All right, Terence, let's turn to Singapore banks and ask the question, are Singapore banks still a good buy? Despite strong headwinds, all three banks managed to grow their loan book. DBS saw the strongest growth among the three with an almost 7% year-on-year increase. UOB and OCBC also grew their loan books by about 2 2.9% and 1.9% respectively. So, in your view, are Singapore banks still a good buy? Well,
1: Singapore banks are uh, very rollercoaster over the last few months. The, the sector really ended on a very, very sour note in July. If you call the MSA eight guys, uh, please keep your dividends. And because the banks were seen as a high dividend uh, yielding sector over the last, you know, like five, six years. So, um, there was a 3% tumble. Right after that, but in the month of August, I, I think uh, investors were very forgiving. Uh, they they felt that you no, know, the banks uh, were actually okay, even with the 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 cap in the dividends. You know, they're still using possibly like four percent, and in this lower for longer environment, it was uh, good. Uh, well, while, the, while the, these banks actually uh, outperform, they they do give uh, dividends. Uh, we, I think investors must always remember that they are not out of the woods yet. Right, Investors uh, do have to watch out for a couple of things. Uh, net interest margins are being compressed. Uh, there's the expiry of loan moratorium that's, that's been in, in various geographies and also a rising uh, non-performing loans. So all these things, I think, uh, will hurt the banks. Uh, I'm not too sure whether uh, investors have really grappled all these issues uh, mm. in order to come to a conclusion uh, for the banks.
0: He's Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. My guest this morning in Money and Me. Let's talk about the Simcorp marine rights issue of shares, meant to recapitalize the company. It was undersubscribed, uh, valid acceptances received for about 90.2% of the nearly 10.5 billion rights shares available. What accounts for the muted interest in the rights issue?
1: Well, if you look at the the rights, right, Investors in San Marine actually get five rights for every share that they own. Uh, if you have a uh, 1,000 shares, for example, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, you'll be entitled to 5,000 rights shares. And that's priced at $0.20. Cents. Uh, very important, you need to remember $0.20. Cents. And unfortunately, I think since, unfortunately, since 20th uh, of August, you know, the the shares, uh, the shares share price of San Marino has been uh, around that level, $0.20. Cents, and it actually dipped below that. Right. So, uh, today, I think it went down to as low as you know it 's up eighteen cents it went down almost ten percent so with a difference between the actually with the open market being lower than the rights price there's really no incentive at all for the shareholders to pick up the rights well another issue uh grappling the company would be the potentially uh that the same uh, corp industries the previous parent of Sam marine the shareholders of Sam corp industries will be getting shares of Saint Marine in this week. I think it's eleven for September, and once uh, once they get it, you know, there's a good chance uh, that they will sell it or dump it into the market. So uh, that uh, should weigh on uh, Marine shares.
0: All right, and you're right. Simcorp Marine shares are currently trading down by nine point nine percent at seventeen Singapore cents, and industry Industries currently trading down by thirty eight percent at one point two Singapore dollars. Let's move now to uh, your Okay, I'm going to ask you a question you didn't see coming. So Warren Buffett is betting on Japan with a $6 billion investment bet, highlighting the opportunities he says can be found in an inexpensive Japanese stock market. Before we come to Singapore, are you interested in Japan at all? Well, I haven't
1: really looked at Japan. I I used to... uh market to a lot of the Japanese fund managers but I market market uh, ASEAN stock but mm. uh, Japan is a different animal I, and I realised that you know Japan Japanese stocks are different animals altogether so I've not really looked at that mm. uh, but uh, it's interesting that Warren Buffett uh, uh, put in so much money uh, across all these trading companies um, and, and he's really taken a big bet and what I've learned is that you know over time uh, don't really bet against uh, Warren Buffett he has uh, well he. he did seem to be behind the curve um on uh, quite a few occasions but you know over the over the long term 5 10 20 years you know his betting average has definitely been significantly above uh, that of the you know average fund or, or that of the best-tiered fund managers
0: Wise words, very different from Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy, who says uh, he believes he's a better investor than Warren Buffett. And for a while, he was, I think. Not sure how he's thinking about uh, things today, though. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, stocks that you're looking out for uh, that are interesting to you right here in Singapore, Terence.
1: Well, I'm sure. You know, we have been talking a lot about the medical uh, players like Medtech and Topler for. UG uh, over on this program. Um, and uh, they have surged significantly. Uh and, and I thought that, you know, they, the party will end but it continue to go up to zinc heights. Uh, that is one uh, that's one of the sectors that uh, I'll be a little bit worried about um, right now, uh given that, you know, they have been up four or five times. Uh quite tremendous and MedTech is up like I don't know. it must have been like twenty, thirty times by now. Um but uh, I, I think that we can look at something uh, safer today. Uh, mm. In the current uncertain environment, I think they, uh, we can look out for defensive plays. Uh, and when you talk about defensive plays, many people go, "Ah, the REITs, is it?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the REITs for one. But uh, but I, I think that you know uh, there are also some of the um, sexier plays out there, the small caps that people don't really talk about. Uh, one of them uh, will be this uh, defense contractor called Starburst. Uh, last few years, if you look at the numbers, totally uninspiring. You know, everything uh, is down uh, and that's because uh, there's been some delays in the awarding of projects. Um, they've been waiting for a um, massive project from MINDEF uh, for quite a few years right now and I think that this is going to be the year. Uh, and before that, they've already been getting some of the smaller contracts from Ministry of uh, Home Affairs um, and that Audible's currently is about $60 million. I believe that that is going to grow tremendously because of the new uh, Mindev uh, Safi City. Uh, Safi City is going to start. Uh, that, that is reportedly worth over a billion dollars of contracts. Um, and if Starburst can secure a small slice of the pie, as it typically has done over the last 10, 20 years, uh, then I think that there will be significant contributions to both top and bottom lines. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised that uh, Starbucks will see... Uh, Previous uh, earnings record in 2014 being surpassed uh, because of all these uh, new contracts that's coming up.
0: Okay, so this is Starburst, not to be confused with Starbucks. This is an engineering services <laughs> company. <laughs> is it in your portfolio, Terence? Uh, yes, it is. All right. Anything else are you looking at? Uh,
1: well, I am looking at a few others, but I think for today I'm just going to review that many.
0: All right. Well, uh,
1: yeah. well, watch out for the show next month.
0: All right. That's a promise. We'll hold you to it. Terrence, thank you very much for your insights this morning.
1: Thanks so much, Michelle.
0: He's Terrence Wong. He's the CEO of Azure Capital right here on Money & Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg